I'm going to be honest with you folks. There are very few rules in the Peterson household, but one of them is you don't talk bad about newsies. Those are fighting words in my household. My wife will probably make me sleep on the couch for the next month if I speak ill of this movie. And that's exactly what I do during this podcast. So all of you know exactly where I'm sleeping basically for the entire month of January. Anyway, we're breaking it down this week on the movie musical mashup. That's it. Newsies. Let's get it going. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please? This is it! Five, six, seven, eight. See what we can do with it. You're gonna make me believe that you belong on that stage. Dancing on that show is my dream. Tommy, can you hear me? I smell money, you smell foul. Met this girl last night. I'm up your elbow. I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt the song, folks. I probably could have played this entire score and just let that be the podcast. And I think, I think all of you probably would have been happy with that. Uh, but you know, we have to talk about this film. We have to break it down. This is, without a doubt, my wife's favorite movie, and that's exactly why later on in this podcast you're going to hear her and I talk about. Newsies, its impact, its influence, things we liked about it, things that I didn't like about it, because, you know, I'm going to be honest, she loves everything about this movie. And I just want to let you know, anytime that I spoke anything negatively about this movie, I definitely got like a death stare across the table. So I was doing this podcast, recording this podcast under peril. And uh, like I said before, there, you know, if you if you want to start a fight in the Peterson household, just just make fun of Newsies, and that's what you have. But, I mean, this was high on my list of movies to break down on this podcast. So I wanted to kind of attack it early because – I don't want to say attack like in, in terms of being mean to her, but I wanted to tackle it. There you go. Because it is, in my uh, opinion, one of the most influential movie musicals, I mean, definitely of the past – what, 25 years it's been almost. Uh, but I think also one of the most influential movie musicals, I mean, of all time, let's be honest. I mean, this has become a juggernaut. And the initial movie back in 1992 definitely was influential. Now that it's a stage musical and you can actually perform this thing, I mean, what this is going to do for especially young men who want to get into theater, which, let's be honest, is a challenge in some cases. I mean, how many of you listening to this podcast have tried to cast men, young men in shows, in musical theater especially? It can be a task sometimes to find them. I mean, I remember doing audition calls for 
you know, plays and musicals that, you know, I needed teenage or adolescent boys. And it was a task. I had to go out and recruit them. I had to go out and find them. And, uh, you know, a, a, a musical like Newsies comes along and it kind of makes, you know, musical theater look cool in a way. It, it did for me. I mean, that's, that's, you know, this movie came out when I was about, you know, fifth or sixth grade. And, um, you know, I remember watching it in my music class. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but I mean, it, it had an impact on me. It made me want to get involved in theater. And I'm sure a lot of other guys out there could probably say the same because it made it look cool. So the influence of this movie is, is incredible. Is it a great movie? Let's be honest. It's not, it's not a phenomenal movie. It's not, you know, it's not Sound of Music, West Side Story. But I think in terms of its cultural impact, it's right up there. You could arguably say it's the most second most impactful, influential Disney live-action movie musical of all time, right behind Mary Poppins. That might be a hot take, but I'm going to say it right now. And it launched some careers. I mean, you're getting Christian Bale kind of right at the beginning of how we know Christian Bale. I mean, he's, he's, this is like the perfect transition from Empire of the Sun, Henry V, Christian Bale into American Psycho, and then later Batman, and now holding the belt of the best film actor working today. So you're getting him at, at this kind of sweet spot. You've got Robert Duvall, who is... You know, at this time in 92, kind of at an interesting point in his career. I mean, the days of The Godfather and Apocalypse Now and Tender Mercies and all that stuff have kind of, you know, gone way of the past. And he's now in this kind of weird transition in his career. And, and he is just off the chain in this movie. I mean, and, and, and you know, it's no fault of Kenny Ortega, but what is Kenny Ortega going to do to direct Robert Duvall in this film? So chances are... Duvall just probably directed himself and you know did a lot of this stuff on one take and, and whatnot. But interesting cast on that. And then you got Anne Margaret. I mean, the cast goes on and on. We'll talk about some of the cast in this in this film as well. But um, you know, it's it's you've got a really nice group here. Some of them are still around today. Some of them aren't. In terms of you know, hey, where whatever happened to that guy? And sadly, some have actually passed away. And we'll talk about a couple of those as well. And in fact. That's why with this podcast, I'm really excited to give out the Bumlet Award because Bumlet is a character from Newsies. But don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna broaden our horizons. I'm not necessarily just gonna automatically give the Bumlet Award to Bumlet because it's you know he's named after him. But that just you know the honorary title he's he's got the this award named after him. So rest in peace, Dominic Cuchero. But this is uh, I'm gonna give the award to somebody else uh, during this podcast. Anyway, really like I said, really important film talks about you know um, an actual event that happened with some you know cinematic uh, adjustments I guess you could say in terms of some some royalties that they took liberties I should say creative liberties there you go and uh, but I mean for the most part I mean this this story takes place during the summer of 1899 during the newsboy strike of New York City when they were raising the price of papers on the newsies in order to make a bigger profit um, and uh, the newsboy said you know what we're not gonna. We're not gonna take it. And they went on strike for basically the entire summer. And uh, you know the, the the actual story is a little darker than than what the movie obviously portrayed. But um, you know the fact that this became a movie and a musical. It wasn't actually supposed to be a musical at all. And they decided to make it a musical almost at the last minute. Uh, is kind of cool. 
that they, you know, Disney was thinking about this kind of stuff at the time. So that was, you know, it was a good move on their part. And like I said, really good move because it's become one of the most popular uh, musical titles to license today. I mean, there is, I just scrolled through my Facebook feed and I saw that there's a, uh, auditions in a couple weeks for a production. I think it's in like Vermont of all places. And um, I know that a production just wrapped up in Connecticut this past summer. So again, this is like, this is a hot topic. And of course, with high schools and, and, and um, colleges and stuff like that all over the country, I mean, they're, they're doing this thing like, like hotcakes right now. So again, the influence is there. It's not the best movie musical of all time, but I would definitely put it up there with some of the most influential and we're going to break it all down in this podcast with my wife, who, like I said, is fulfilling a lifelong dream with this, uh, you know, talking about Newsies in a, a podcast form. I mean, this is really, she's living the dream here. So she is just giddy with what will be discussed on this podcast. So um, we're going to get into all that and more. We're going to take a little break. But when we come back, like I said, I'm going to be joined by my wife, who was, again, anytime I said anything bad about this movie i just want you to imagine her just giving me just the worst look you can imagine uh across the table which is why I, i'm a little you know i censor myself a little bit I, I i definitely take take some steps back um but of course before we do that the trailer come on come on the pressures are rolling now comes disney's newest movie musical newsies It's the story of newsboys hey, mister? making a living on the streets. Dear me, what is that unpleasant aroma? <laughs> and making headlines of their own. If we don't act together, then we're nothing. We don't stick together, we're nothing. Well, what are we supposed to do to the bums? Kiss them? So what's it gonna be? You gotta join us. Right. And we'll be unstoppable. This spring, get ready for adventure. Get ready for excitement. Wait till I get you back to the refuge. Get ready for pure Disney fun. It's, a fun life. it's an all-new entertainment event featuring seven new songs from the Academy Award-winning composer of The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. The biggest, noisiest blowout this town's ever seen. And you're invited to come along. Newsies. And I'm now, I'm now joined by my wife, Nicole, who's giggling at me because she thinks I look ridiculous wearing headphones. You look like a sweet earmuff-wearing panda. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Folks, this is why I'm so glad you're tuning into this podcast, because where do you get this sort of banter between husband and wife um, and talking about movie musicals? <laughs> it looked me looking like a cute panda. But anyway, um, as I said before, we are talking about... Nicole's favorite movie growing up. I mm -hmm. mean, this, without a doubt, I mean, this is, I think on our first couple of dates when you said to me, like, oh, I'm a huge fan of Newsies, I was kind of like, oh my God, you might be the one for me. Like, oh my God. Um, so, Nicole, let me let me start off by saying, like, I'm glad you like this movie. I love this movie. Um, where was the first time you saw this movie? <sighs> Paul Newmark's seventh birthday party. 
Wait, uh, who? Paul Newmark. Hey, Paul. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> he lived down the street from me. We mm-hmm. went to elementary school together. He invited me to go see Beauty and the Beast with him. Whoa. And they had posters everywhere. Okay. For Is this like a young romance type of thing? Or oh, should, no. Should I be jealous? No, or? we used to pretend to be magicians together. Oh. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> So, so the two of you went to go see this movie together, or it was a birthday party, or you, like? Yeah, it was. Uh, a couple other kids were there too. Okay. Um, but it was lots of fun, mm-hmm. and I saw posters for Newsies, and it's like I, my soul had this calling, and I knew I had to see that movie. There you go. So as soon as it was released on VHS, I watched it so much that my parents had to buy me the VHS. Then I recorded it off. Of the Disney Channel, and then I watched that so much, I broke that VHS. <laughs> so you actually watched it so much that the tape, like, disintegrated from itself. Yeah, no, it ripped in half. Oh, my God. And then, so, again, I had to get another copy, and now I have a DVD, so... Which I don't think you can do that to. I don't think you can play it so much that it rips apart, so that's good. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, I, didn't, I didn't see this movie in the theaters. The first time I saw it was on the Disney Channel, and kind of like one of those what is this type of like moments and then i remember i think it was like my sixth grade music class uh my teacher would show this movie and we would only get through like the first half an hour because our our periods were only like 35 40 minutes but you know we watched the beginning and i would look at the girls in my class and they would be swooning over a young christian bale and david moscow and all these boys dancing and Mm -hmm. i'm like oh so girls like guys who can sing and dance. Like, maybe I should do theater. So this movie was really instrumental in me getting involved in theater in 5th, 6th, 7th grade. Because, first of all, I like the attention. And number two, I was like, I can get girls' attention this way. I mean, that's, that's the way I did it. So 7th grade Chris, exactly. So, yeah, this movie was definitely kind of instrumental and impactful in both our lives in yes. two completely different ways. Um some interesting trivia note about this movie. So, you know, obviously you're getting a young Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of years after Empire of the Sun. Um, I love that movie. Before Swing Kids, right? He, he hasn't done Swing Kids hasn't yet. Hasn't done Swing Kids Okay, yet. so this is like you're getting him at like his prime. I think he was what, 16, 17 when he was? He was 17. 17, yeah. Um, David Moscow, who we all knew from as a kid from Big. Yes. The little Tom Hanks. Um I learned that in reverse order, though. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. So that... I was like, what is David doing? I actually... I think I learned it, too. I think it was one of those, like... I didn't realize it when I saw Newsies the first time. Mm-hmm. But I loved Big, too. And then I kind of put the two and two together later on. Uh, and then you got some really random casting in this movie. I mean, you've got Bill Pullman, pre-Independence Day Bill Pullman. So he's kind <laughs> of like... Like post space balls, you know, pre Independence Day, where you could really get a Bill Pullman in this movie. You've got Robert Duvall, who had not become. <laughs> who had is having a special moment. Uh, he's he's dialing it up to eleven in this movie. He's unhinged in this movie. He's directing himself in this movie. Um, and then also you got like Anne Margaret like showing well, up. Love. You've got Michael Lerner in this movie. You've got. Um, uh, Kevin Teague, who's one of the great villain faces of all time, playing Mr. S- you know, is it Snyder? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Snyder. Um, so you got a, a really interesting cast. But interestingly enough, Nicole, yes. four Oscar nominees in this cast. Can you name them all? Oh, I feel like we talked about this. We did. 
I don't remember. Um, so who do so you Ro- think? So Robert Duvall. Yep. And I'm just talking about nominees, not winners. So four, there's four Academy Award nominees in this cast. Robert Duvall, mm-hmm. Anne Margaret. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Lerner, because you told me that already, and I'm just remembering that. Just remember that. And who's the fourth? You just you skipped over the obvious one. Because he's nominated for an Oscar this year. Oh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. There it is. So four Academy Award nominees in this movie. Um, How could I forget my Batman? I'm so sorry. No, Christian Bale's character, Jack Kelly. I love it. Based on a kind of combination of newsies of actual people, but mostly Kid Blink is the is so the real sad. person's name. Kind of a sad story. Um, however, I guess the ending of this movie where they see. Jack dressed up in his Sunday best and mm-hmm. be like, you sold us out and blah, blah, blah. That actually happened to Kid Blink. Like a lot, he started dressing nicer and all the other newsies thought he had, you know, sold himself out to Pulitzer and all these other people. So he actually got, you know, basically the crap kicked out of him uh, because of that. So that was crazy. Um, you know, one thing I, I, I don't know if you knew this, but like one thing I never really realized about this movie is I was always like, you know, okay, it's just ten cents a pape. Like that's the the raising price on the newsies, and I was like, you know, is that a big deal? But then I looked up the the cost of what a dollar was back then, mm-hmm. and things like that, because this movie takes place in the summer of eighteen ninety nine, and sixty cents in that time period was seventeen dollars today. Mm-hmm. So when you think about raising the price from fifty cents per hundred papes. I'm saying papes um, to <laughs> sixty cents. You need to say papes. <laughs> that's that's like what five? That's like a five dollar increase mm-hmm. per pay. Like, that's a lot. No, and they literally. I mean, they talk about it, but they literally had to eat their papers. Craziness, craziness. Um, interesting. Other interesting casting in this 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 movie. Um, Spock Conlon. Yeah. Gabriel Damon, the actor Gabriel Damon. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, was the voice of Littlefoot in the Land of Before Time. Yeah. One of the most depressing animated movies of I all time. I've only seen it once and I cried and I've never watched it again. There you go. It's been a good 30 years. Jeffrey <laughs> Demune, who plays um, David and his younger brother's father, who's yeah. injured in the, the factory, um, would go on years later to become Dale from The Walking Dead. Fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his wife in the movie, uh, David's mom, is played by Deborah Lee Furness, who... American audiences probably don't know so much because she's a huge actress in Australia, but she has the wonderful distinction, or I should say maybe it's the other way around, but she is married to Hugh Jackman, uh, which I think is, if you know this, the history between those two, it's one of the great love stories uh, in Hollywood right now, which is pretty awesome. So, um, And then finally, Aaron Lohr's in this movie, and we just did Rent, the movie musical, yeah. uh, for our last episode. And Aaron had a kind of a small role in that, and I think that's it was where wonderful. I think that's where he met Adina Menzel, and they're now married, which I think is pretty. Which cool. is one of the best things you told me that like what two weeks ago. I know, and it's the happiest thing I've heard in a long time. And he's also one of the Bash brothers in the Mighty, the Ducks, Mighty too. Ducks. And there you go. And he's also the vo- the singing voice of Max in a Goofy movie, which is one of my favorite movies. So, um, so hold on, pause, personal please. moment. Yeah, please. When I went to go see Rent mm-hmm. in the movie theater. I stood up when I saw it. As a suffering AIDS patient? Yes, I was like, woo! It's the wrong moment to do a woo. It was. I sat right back down, but I was so excited to see him. Well, the theater must have been probably empty when you did that, because that movie did not sell well. Anyway, 
folks, as we know, anytime we're watching some of these movie musicals, sometimes there's a scene that happens where you just get the chills. I mean, it either just gets you emotional, it gets you, you know, happy. Sometimes it's actually the vice versa, where it's just like, ooh, that's a terrible moment in this movie. But we call those chill scenes. Mm-hmm. Nicole, I'm going to start with you. What chill scenes came up for you while watching Newsies? Um, couple. Number one, gross chill scene is realizing just how stinky that boarding house must have yeah, been. Does not and how sweaty hygienic. and gross. No, uh, yuck. Mm. And I know it's like Disney sweaty, but just imagine that in real life. Right, right. Teenage boys, ew. Okay, so that was number one. Two, the uh, world will know dance sequence. Mm-hmm. Chills every time. Chills every time. Seize the day reprise dance sequence. I know you hate it. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And the fight at the rally. When Brooklyn comes in and saves them? No, no, at oh. the actual rally. Oh, at the, at, the, at the theater, yeah. When Jack gets punched. Gets an uppercut. It's the first Which... time. Oh. <laughs> okay. Wow. Nicole had a, a puberty moment. I was like, these are boys. Okay, there you go. That's chills in a different way. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, I, I, I always like the opening number. Um, that's kind of my, my lone chill scene in this movie is the opening number, carrying the banner. lone chill scene. Yeah, just, there's not a lot of chill scenes in this movie for me. Uh, but that's like the opening when you start, you know, they're getting ready for the day and they're, they're going out to sell their papes and stuff like that. Um, that's a definite chill scene for me. So, folks, we know that, you know, with these movies, sometimes not everything's tied up in a bow. We don't always get our answers to the questions that we're asking. And um, we call those unanswerable questions. And... Uh, Nicole, do you have some unanswerable questions or lingering questions, I should say, about Newsies? Because I've got a bunch. Um, why does Robert Duvall become a calculator halfway through this movie? <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, there's a moment where like he's doing the math in his head and he does this like type of sound effect. Like I said, my theory was that Kenny Ortega, who, you know, choreographer for Journey Dancing, hadn't really done much at this point, is not going to tell Robert Duvall, who is in The Godfather, how to act in a scene. So I think I think this was like one take Robert Duvall throughout this entire movie, where he's just like, yeah, we got it, let's move on. And I don't think Kenny Ortega had you know the, the director's confidence to tell Robert Duvall, hey, don't make those calculator sounds. It sounds weird. But also he was in charge of, what, like 80-plus teenage boys? That's true. <laughs> That's um, true. So... In the printing song, why don't they dance? They dance in every single other song, including the main featured ballad. So you're talking about Once and For All? Once and For All. That montage yes. scene? Okay. I like. <clears throat> I really enjoy that song, but it is the only song in the entire show that there's no dancing. Gotcha. So that was your complaint. There, was no, there wasn't enough dancing. There was not enough dancing gotcha. in this movie. There could have been more. Okay. There's always room for more. All right. Um. So that that is a lingering question for Kenny I mean, Ortega. I don't know if I you guess. could really do a choreographed number while you're making papers. Why not? Like you're, <laughs> like you're dancing around the printing press. I don't, there are there's a million ways to dance, Christopher. I, I guess I I don't know. I mean, D- sure. <laughs> okay, I know so, that tone. <laughs> so, do you have any more lingering questions? Uh, I don't <clears throat> think so. No. Okay. 
All right, I got a couple. Okay. Maybe you can help me here. Mm-hmm. Does that mom ever find her Patrick Darling? Uh, the opening number? Because that's, that's like a suspenseful subplot there in that song. Like, you know, that mom comes and sings, you know, and she's like looking for a Patrick Darling. And, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, mother loves you. And uh, and then you're just like, oh, my God, like, is she going to find her son? I won't lie. First time I saw this movie, that stuck with me for like 10 minutes. Like, is that going to be part of this movie? And then you never, we never see her again. We never hear about Patrick again. So can I tell you, <clears throat> I had no, I, this, it's similar to my vegetable singing song in church that I always used to tell you about. Mm. But this, I had no idea that she was singing about a lost child until I was like 13. I sang that song every day. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> the time I was seven until I was 13. <laughs> you just never put the two, two together. No. Well, for singing roles for girls, you either had to be a nun or you had to be her. So First I used of all, to sing along. Other than Anne Margaret, and I think I think the character of, what's the sister's name again? Sarah. Sarah, who gets one line during Once and for All. <laughs> yeah. That's the most we hear from a female in this entire And the nuns. Movie. Oh, and the nuns, that's right, they do sing. I'm so sorry. I used to You're sing, right. like, really <clears throat> belt that out. Right. <laughs> and then I realized, oh my God, what am I singing? <laughs> yeah, that was dark. It's a dark subplot, and I, I'm, I wish it was explored a little more. Um, What happened to the horse that Jack steals from the rodeo show during Santa Fe? He's like, he just takes off and steals a horse. He's free and wild. Stop it. Living in upstate New York in a beautiful so you big think farm. The ho- you, so you think the horse that Jack rode escaped and just decided to like trot up the Hudson Parkway yeah hang out in Poughkeepsie <laughs> like that's or maybe he went down maybe he went to Westchester just... no you go up to Westchester oh, up to Westchester you don't know your New York City no. geog- it's just geography. a floating magical place to so he, took, he... <laughs> he flew if he went to south he'd take the ferry to Staten Island and the horse is just chilling in Staten Island all day anyway that, that bothered me I was like where's the horse going um <clears throat> One thing that this movie did not do well was cast an appropriate amount of extras uh, to make New York City look like busy. The only time you see the mo- the, the city truly busy mm-hmm. is during that first paper selling scene where you, the boxing match is going on and stuff like that. But other than that, like every other scene in this movie, especially during the protests and stuff like that, it looks empty. Like, and this is like this is like supposed to be central, you know, midtown Manhattan. It looks empty, and you know I don't know a lot about, you know, New York City. It was I'm not summer an expert, in New York, which Everyone means that everybody inside. should be outside. Yeah, no. it just looks the entire city looks empty. It looks like Kenny Ortega got like twelve people to be an extra in this movie, and they spent all the money on the set. They did. So <laughs> it was just it was one of those things where it's like that was that was my big like what hasn't aged well about well, this movie. Well, we haven't movie gotten there, the, Christopher. You're jumping ahead. No, no, not not in terms of what's timeless and dated. Just like what hasn't aged well in this movie is the lack of extras. Um, at the end, yes. why did why did Mr. Wiesel have to lose his job? Like, what was he doing? Because he was, was mean. But so what? This is a kid's <clears throat> movie. Like, what is that? Like, uh, here's what I don't understand. So Roosevelt comes in, or, you know, Pulitzer says, okay, mm-hmm. fine, we'll put it back down at 50 cents per pape. Pulitzer comes in and shuts down Snyder's thing. But what does Mr. Wiesel have to do with any of that? It's because there needs to be some type of retribution for someone who looks bad. Pulitzer doesn't get any, you know, retribution on his end. He still gets to be rich and powerful. The only two people that you have to poo-poo are Mr. Wiesel and 
Schneider, and that's it. I don't know. I just just don't think the guy should have lost his job. I know. Like, he wasn't wasn't technically doing anything wrong. But ask Kid Chris if, is he a bad guy or a good guy? Mm -hmm. And if Kid Chris wanted to see retribution for him. It's true. Well, I I mean, I don't know. I just don't like seeing, you know, people lose their jobs on film. It's not... I know, but... Um, Final question. David's getting ripped off in this movie. I don't know if you noticed this. At the end, he asked for 100 papers. After after Jack Kelly leaves and Mm -hmm. during that line, if you pause on that scene where he asked for 100 papers and you count the papers in his hand, he only only has like 20 papers in his hand. So he's actually getting ripped off in this movie. He doesn't even notice it. Just, you know, continuity's sake, filmmaking's sake, like, for God's sakes, put 100 papers. But he has to sing, so walking and singing with 20 papers is easier than with 100, Christopher. I don't know. know. (laughs) Just little things. I mean, it's just, it's one of those movies where... You're nitpicking. Well, I'm picking nits, and that's, I think it's the, like, my my nits are that, (laughs) my nits are... That you need to shower. Um... (laughs) Are, are definitely like evidence of a rookie filmmaker, which Kenny Ortega was at the time. And, you know, you but could say was... by the time he got to high school musical, he probably, you know. Oh, psh, psh, stop. <laughs> or maybe the, stop. by the time he got to the descendants, he, you know, oh. you know, iron these things out. All right, folks. We know that with uh, casting these shows and these movies, uh, there's going to be a lot of people considered. A lot of people audition. And sometimes these uh, roles are offered to different people than end up playing them in the film. So what I like to look at is... Would this movie have been better with either the original choice for some of these roles or um, someone else who had auditioned for these roles? And in this situation for Newsies, I actually could not find a lot of alternative casting choices. It seems like a lot of these uh, Newsies especially were cast um, with these people in mind. Because they're all from Roundhouse and they're all gifted and talented magical human beings. So there you go. (laughs) So... You know, the only one I could find was for actually the role of Sarah, which I would argue is one of the most useless roles um, in film history. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but the second choice for Sarah was a young Milia Jovovich. Mila. Mi- Mila. Mila. Mi- Milia. Mila. 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 Mila Jovovich. Uh, I was concentrating so much on the last name that I wasn't even thinking about the first name. But she was actually the second choice, uh, or she was actually heavily considered for that role of Sarah, but they decided that her and her chemistry with her Christian Bale was described as being too intense. And therefore, but they were both very intense people. Yeah. So. <laughs> I just like, I mean, this is pre-Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was a model then, right? Right. And I don't, you know what? I got for for as much as I don't care for this character overall, um, I I do have to say that they made the right choice in um, in casting El Keats rather than Mila Jovovich. <laughs> um, it's so sad because <laughs> it just it, I think it just fits better. I mean, I, I don't think having a Russian model uh, instead of a girl that looks more American mm-hmm. uh, and really of that period, I think too. Well, I mean, she also <clears> looks <throat> like. Most girls, I feel like I wanted to be her desperately because, you know, Jack Kelly. Just because Jack Kelly. Mm -hmm. A little too intensely, by the way, at the end. I mean, they are full on making out 
in that scene when, when he comes back, you know. It's okay, not a, Dad. It's, well, I'm just saying, it's not like, it's, <laughs> what's weird is it's not this, like, sweet, you know, movie kiss that you typically get with a lot of these, I think, of these movies. It's a full-on, like, open mouth, like, they're just going at it. They're teenagers. I'm just saying. <clears throat> and by the way, Christian Bale's girlfriend at the time is actually in this movie. I don't know if you knew that. Christian Bale doesn't have girlfriends. Anyway. <laughs> In the, in the opening scene when the newsies are, are kind of like uh, ogling these like schoolgirls that are walking by, um, his girlfriend. I don't know where you got that report. I'm just saying it's 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 in it's 1996. Half, Nicole half has a problem. Research, it's there. Okay, <laughs> folks. When we are making these uh, movie musical shakedowns, it's important to know that there are four key elements that need to be firing on all cylinders to truly make this a hit film. And that, of course, is singing, dancing, acting, and design. So what we like to do here at uh, the Movie Musical Shakedown. Are you okay? I am. Uh, my nose is, I'm sorry, folks, TMI, but my nose is running like ungodly. The entire massive. family so, has had a cold this week. So. Oh, my God. It's terrible. But anyway, <clears throat> so what we like to do is rate the singing, the dancing, the acting, and design one through ten, one at a time. Um, so, Nicole, let me start with you. Mm-hmm. What did you give this movie one through ten for the singing? Uh, like oh, this is tough. Like uh, seven. Wow, why so high? Because I think when all of the newsies sing together, that it is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. There are harmonies; it's powerful, and I think male voices have such power when they sing together, and it's just. I always thought it was beautiful, but then you have Bill Pullman, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you got some people that bring it down. I know, so uh, that I, it would have been higher. But I, this is one of those soundtracks that I can listen to, and it gives me goosebumps every time because I just I love their voices. Yeah, I gave it a five because um, you're mean. I am. I mean, the problem <laughs> is that you there are maybe like. A handful of people that are actually trained singers in this movie. Everybody else is it's just... It's about their spirit, Christopher. <laughs> you said your piece. You say mine about the singing. Um, you have a handful of people that are singers. Even the ones that are like singers, like Anne Margaret. I mean, it's just way past your prime in terms of her vocal quality. So you're not getting... You're getting more of a character sound rather than an actual, you know, sincere sound, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, I gave it a five. I think there's there's good and there's bad, and it kind of just evens out. Dancing, Nicole, one through ten. So we've argued with about this already. No, you keep saying that we've talked about this already, folks. Just so you know, there's context here. We actually recorded this podcast a week and a half ago. But here's the thing. <laughs> Fail. I forgot to actually <laughs> unmute the mic. When we recorded that podcast. So when I went to actually upload this onto our site, we literally had like an hour and 10 minutes of just nothing. It, the file was an hour and 10 minutes long. It was just silence. And I realized that I had not actually unmuted the mic. So yes, Nicole's right. We have had this argument before. I was hoping that she wasn't going to say that. So this way I can pretend. The world deserves to know. You deserve to know my, my foolishness. But anyway. Okay. Um, I give it a nine. Why do you give it a nine? No. I give it a nine because I think the choreography. (laughs) What do you need, Christopher? I was going to ask you to hand me that bottle of water. Your jug? My jug of water. Thank you. 
Don't touch the table. Don't touch the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to give it a nine mm-hmm. because I feel like the choreography was very well suited to the dancers and that it was made for a masculine look, mm-hmm. right? But it was also made for a kid look. And then for the dancers who were more skilled, I think they utilized them very well. So I think it was smart choreography. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, just to be fair, I really I enjoyed it. Okay. I really loved it. And I, it inspired me when I was a really young kid to keep dancing. Well, there you go. Uh, I give it a seven. I know. So a little bit <laughs> slower than yours. Um, <laughs> I think I think the problem was is that you had... You had great dancers in this mm-hmm. movie, like, um, what's his name? Um, Dominic Lucero. Dom- no, no, I know Dominic Lucero. You're Ivan Dodinsky. Ivan Dodinsky, thank you. That's what I was, I was thinking about. Um, so you have incredibly strong dancers, but then you also have people that have, you know, never danced before, and it looked like it. Like, for instance, Max Casella. Um, <laughs> and so, I love again, Max Casella. And then Bill Pullman, for instance. <laughs> and, you know, so I think there was, even, even Christian Bale, I mean, a lot of his dancing is just rolling around on the ground, punching air. Oh, stop so, it. I gave it a seven. So there you go. <sighs> Acting. Nicole, one through ten. I am also going to, I'm going to give this an eight. You are just giving this... You're being generous with this movie. Why? Why should I not be generous? I mean, it's just every, every one of these podcasts, it's like, Nicole, give me the acting. It's a 10. <laughs> it's a 9. The dancing is a 9. It's an 8. All right, so... It's, it's, my acting's it? a 10. I'm no, an 8. Sorry, an eight? I got excited. I got excited. So I you're wanted acting yes. an 8. Okay, why are you giving it an 8? I am giving it an 8 because, I, again, I feel like Christian Bale does a great job. Mm-hmm. And so does David Moscow. Mm-hmm. I think the kid actors do a really beautiful job of portraying the story. I think Robert Duvall is actually the one bringing the acting down a wee bit because I think he, he's just off the chain. Well, I, I feel like I don't know if he didn't care right. or if he thought that this was a great place to experiment. I think he's like in or... Nicolas Cage mode like mode at this mm-hmm. point like he's just like I'm just gonna do it my way here's how I envision Pulitzer and I don't think it was terrible I just no. think it was odd yeah I gave it a five for acting um just not I mean the problem is that you've got like the some of the best actors in this cast hardly have any lines so um, I think this is a good time to tell you based on what you just said that I ate all the Twizzlers see that <laughs> Just pile on the anger, another log on the fire. Um, no, I just, I just, yeah, I think it, it's not. I mean, Christian Bale wasn't Christian Bale yet in terms of his acting abilities. Um, he was getting there. You see the potential, but it's not. I mean, I think he's in that mode yeah. of trying to yeah. be cool. Keep digging a hole, Chris. Um, David Moscow is very awkward throughout this movie as well. Uh, Bill Pullman, he's doing Bill Pullman things. Um, I mean, El Keats, again, this this character of Sarah is just the most useless character oh, in the entire movie. Other than just having to, like, let's have a lo- forced love story in the middle of this movie. It makes no sense. And that's actually why they probably eliminated her character from the stage musical, too, by the way. Oh, but don't even get me started on that. <laughs> All right. So, acting's a five. Um, design. <laughs> 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 
Nicole, how did this movie look? I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. So how did this movie look design-wise? Uh, <laughs> her dog is snoring her on the couch right now. Sorry about that. I give it a nine. A nine? Mm-hmm. Really? I do. I think for the budget that they had, they made New York City. And the costumes were correct. They were, you know, of the time. And I think they did a really great job with what they had. That's true. I I agree. I think the movie, for the fact that they had to build the entire set themselves, Mm -hmm. uh, that was not a pre-existing set. Um, And I thought the costumes were great and things like that. Yeah, I I, I think I'm right there with you. I gave it an eight. So there you go. Folks, we know that, um, you know, when you're basing these movies, you're so angry at me. I love it. Um, when you base these movies off of, you know, musical stage ad- adaptations, sometimes not every song makes the cut. But this is obviously not that case because, um, you know, it's not a pre existing musical. So we don't need to do numbers that we needed, but numbers that we could do without and numbers that we're fast forwarding to. Nicole, what number could you do without in this entire movie? None. I no. need them all. You just you need everything in this movie. Yes. Again, the only thing that was missing for me was the dancing. In once and for all. In once and for all. I, I actually said once and for all I could do without. No, it's a turning point. Well, I thought, okay, it's a montage of them making the paper. You probably could have done that without a song. Or I would say maybe one of Anne Margaret's songs. I don't think you need two, I don't think she needs two songs in that movie. But neither of them were full length. I know, but the first one's kind of stupid, and it's just like "Oochie Coochie Boochie Boochie Boo." Oh, is that is that the lyrics? Like you're my coochie boy. No, it's... my coochie boy. <laughs> I don't know. It's like my lovey dovey wubby baby. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I wasn't far <laughs> off there. Anyway, that's probably the number I could do without is Anne Margaret's first song. All right, numbers that you're fast forwarding to, Nicole. You got five minutes. Oh God, I just kicked this table. <laughs> you got five minutes to watch this movie. What number are you fast-forwarding to? Uh, the World Will Know. Yeah, me too. And the Seize the Day Reprise. And I know you don't no, like you it. You get to pick one. You no, keep picking, I need like, to multiple... pick two. I said you have five minutes. I know. The World Will Know is like three minutes. And, and the, the, reprise the Reprise is less than two. You mean, you mean the Punching Air um, the... Shuffle Step uh, <laughs> Reprise? Ha! Ha! Ooh! Do you want me to do it? No. Move the table. I'll do it right now. I'll do it right now. <laughs> Folks, we know that sometimes with these movies, things are timeless about these films, and things are dated. And this movie is, oh, 20 years old? Or 21 <laughs> years old? Good Lord. Um, Wait, Nicole, it came out in 92. What's timeless about this movie? I've got a bunch of stuff that's timeless, but what, let me start with you. What, what do you think is timeless about this film? Uh, the picture of New York. Mm-hmm. And the Gershwinisms in the music, yeah. I think, is timeless. Yeah. Um, I really, I think the score really is very beautiful. And um, let's see, I think the uh, excuse my thinking. Mm. Um, you keep doing I think, this. I know, I know. I think the choreography is timeless because it fits mm-hmm. the story. Yeah. I don't think they took choreography of the time and shoved it where it didn't belong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the sets and costumes. There you go. For me, what's timeless about this movie? Strikes. 
I mean, <laughs> we, we've got one technically going on right now. I mean, on Broadway, we've got a Broadway lab strike going on right now. The, the L.A. Teachers Union mm-hmm. just went, came back from strike. We've got this government at a standstill right now. Um, it's craziness. So, yeah, strikes always going to be there. Also, what's timeless about this movie? Slingshots. <laughs> Slingshots will always be around. <laughs> I swear to God. There's like a dozen slingshot scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I was in Walmart a couple weeks ago and I was walking down the toy aisle. And sure enough, there's a toy, like a Nerf slingshot. And what is thing. Sam's favorite thing to do at the Children's Museum? Play with the slingshots. slingshots. <laughs> so slingshots are a timeless weapon. Um, I also think businessmen being more powerful than politicians or having influence over politicians. I mean, you saw that scene where he's talking to the mayor of New York and he's basically telling the mayor of New York what to do. Um, that is always going to be happening. What's dated about this movie, Nicole? Uh, what's dated <laughs> is the blonde Asian child. Yeah, what, watching the one Asian kid in the movie is probably... <laughs> you're probably not doing that in 2018, 2019. No. Um, the boxing that is what? Oh, box, How many... Boxing in the middle of the street? Well, not only boxing in the middle of the street, but boxing literally until someone almost dies. Yeah, that's that's not good either. (laughs) I mean, granted, Rocky, okay, so maybe it was dated until like the 70s, but for real. Um, And I think uh, going to a good old vaudeville show. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't happen anymore. Can't really do that anymore, no. I think Newsies are pretty dated. Yeah. Yeah. Just the actual title of the film and the actual occupation. Definitely dated. I think kids being allowed to gamble. <laughs> I mean, Max Casella's character co- is coming back from the track at the end of S- Santa Fe. And he's like, mm-hmm. how'd you do? You know, it's like, you know, no one told the horse about my t- hot tip and stuff like that. <laughs> um, spit handshakes. I don't think anybody's doing a spit handshake anymore. No, but yuck. Children and you and boys like our son are still spitting everywhere. So That's true. <laughs> it's just morphed into other But I don't gross. think we're spitting into our hands and touching each other with it anymore. As like as a as a hello, sir. Good to see you. Well, that correct. It's been a long but, time, but here's a, you know, spit but handshake. nothing gets our son more entertained than trying to spit on something. Bingo, <laughs> bingo. Uh, folks, with these podcasts, we like to give out some awards, and we have three awards to give. The first is called the Barbara Award, which is given to who we feel is. I'm sorry. <laughs> My nose is running. You can't see this. My nose is running so much. I apologize, folks. This is the worst podcast ever. I'm going to have to take take three, Sam. Um, We have the Barbara Award, which is given to the best singer in the movie. The Russell Crowe Award, which is given to the worst singer in the movie. Your cell phone. I was sitting on it this whole time. Oh, my gosh. Uh, And finally, this is actually kind of cool. This is kind of a meta moment for us is the Bumlet Award, because the Bumlet Award, the character of Bumlet, is in Newsies. And it was played by a character by the name of Dominic Puchero, who is an amazing, or I should say was an amazing dancer, sadly has passed away. But if you watch the King of New York number, uh, he's the one spinning on a fan at the end of that number. So I actually wanted to name an award after him for someone who is just crushing it mm-hmm. in the ensemble. And that you just is one of the most memorable people about this movie. Mm-hmm. So, Nicole, yes. kick it off real quick. Who gets your Barbara Award for Newsies? Uh, Michael Gorgian. See, this is like this is what I can't understand about your choice. Why? He sings two lines in the entire movie. But those two lines are powerful and well done. And but he doesn't have like a solo. 
So like his, right, his so like his like two lines are like, "Hey, how you doing?" Parker. And then like you don't really hear. So tie that. between that and Trey Parker, okay? See, but he only has like two. It doesn't matter. You're not okay. All right. It doesn't matter. So I picked David Moscow because he actually has a solo in this movie. That's a, a wonderful choice. Good for you. All right. <laughs> Jesus, it's the worst podcast. Ever. <laughs> Russell Crowe word. Go ahead. Bill Pullman. Yeah, me too. It's just not a singer. No. I mean, he's trying. Mm-hmm. He's trying, but it's not. He's just not a singer. No. And of course, all right. I'm going to give you my Bowman Award. Uh huh. Because well, let me go first because I think I know what you're going to say, well, and I'll, not, I'm going to get. Guessing game. I'm going to get the giggles if it's who I think you're talking about. Well, they don't really say who it is. No. Because I don't want you to get the giggles while you're trying to guess who it is. <laughs> so my Bowman Award, is I, could, I didn't give it. I didn't give it to Dominic Pacheco because that would just be too easy. Um, so in honor of Don Butcher, I'm giving it to the kid boss. <laughs> the creepy red-headed child. The creepy red-headed kid at the beginning of... This is for the newsies. The kid is like, come on, come on. He's yelling at the papers to like move down the slide faster. Let's go. He's a 40-year-old man in a 10-year-old body. And it sounds like he's been smoking two packs a day for the past 20 years of his 10-year-old life. So This is for the newsies. This is for the newsies. Boom. <laughs> Ends that number emphatically, and I was really such a shame that he was not in the stage musical. Like they didn't actually create that line there. But what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? The call. Yeah, my choice. Yeah. Ivan Dudinsky. Ivan Dudinsky. Yes. I mean, for those of you who are listening who doesn't know who Ivan Dudinsky is in this movie, can you give us a moment? Yes. Uh, he plays Specs. Okay. He is. Blonde guy wearing glasses. Oh, so he's the glasses wearing. Yes, great dancer. Okay, went on to become a great pop choreographer for the '90s and early 2000s. Who did he choreograph for? Da 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 da! In sync. There you go. (laughs) So there you go. And who actually? Funny enough, I for years thought that Joey Fatone was actually in this movie. Why? I thought he was one of the Delancey brothers. I thought <laughs> the one that wears the bowler hat. Like, the Delancey brothers. Well, I, you know, when I saw when I saw In Sync and I saw Joey Fatone, I was like, "Hey, I think that guy was in Newsies." I mean, they do look a little bit alike, yeah, but you're so. like ten years off. Probably ten years off. Yeah, but anyway, Nicole, anything else about this movie? Oh, real quick, should this get a remake? I mean, it's a weird question because we have the stage musical and now we have the filmed stage musical, but. Should Disney ever go back and no. actually remake this movie? No, my fear is mm-hmm. is that it would turn into the High School Musical take of this. Yeah. And I don't want that. You don't want that at all? No, I fear that it would become popified. And part of the charm of this movie for me is the fact that it's a kid's movie that's a period film. Mm-hmm. And that, granted, that was a very 90s thing. When you think of A Little Princess and The Secret Garden and all of these children's movies that are, you know, taken from literature and all of that. That doesn't Mm -hmm. really happen anymore. And I feel like if you you bring it now, it would turn into a teen beach movie with a wet side story. And I can't handle that happening again. wet side story? I am not joking. I tried to teach West Side Story in my Broadway class. And they're like, oh, the one at the beach? And I was like, no. Oh, God. What? Oh my yes. gosh. That's terrible. No, I, I agree. I don't, I don't think, well, I don't think that this movie is as hollowed ground as you do. Um, I, I it do, has a place, though. It does have a place. I think it, it, it's one of the most impactful 
and influential movie musicals of its time. I mean, for God's sakes, it inspired me and probably my entire generation and probably most of your generation. Well, I mean, the choreographer of the Broadway show said the movie inspired him to become a dancer and choreographer. So that's, it's just, I know it's not an Oscar winning film, but it really has touched a whole generation of dancers and performers. I agree. And my only caveat to this, as long as it does not become a Fox weekend like live event musical is oh, like Newsies Live. Right. I don't want that to happen. Okay. But if they were to take the Broadway incarnation of it and mm-hmm. turn that into a film. That's probably what I think is going to happen. Like, and that's the only thing that yeah. I think I could stomach. I wouldn't want a remake of the original though. Right. Right. I think, I think that's probably more likely in the next 10, 15 years is that we'll probably mm-hmm. get that. Um, it is, I mean, you know, since, since the rights became available for, um, groups and stuff like that. This really has become one of the most popular, you know, performed shows and amateur and you know college productions and things like that. So, well, I mean, and you know, I'm always I'm all for more dance right. being available to more kids at all times. So I think doing that would be a step in the right direction. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. Nicole, anything else you want to add before we sign off? Yes. Uh, I've been making little notes as we've been talking, mm-hmm. and I thought it was important that you know that you said folks nine to ten times. Because it's a general, <laughs> you know, gender-neutral term. I don't want to say guys or gals and folks, theater peeps, my friends. Oh, but look, you just came up with two other options right, instead it. of folks. Theater peeps, there you go. There you Nicole go. is no longer allowed on this podcast ever again. Ever again. This was the last. Thank God. I'm going back on the road again, and it'll be a while before Nicole is on this podcast again. Actually, I might do a second Newsies podcast where I can actually like, share my true thoughts about this movie without oh. the gaze, the judgmental gaze of my wife. Being you know, you'll feel me, a judgmental cloud over your shoulder. The couch for the rest of your... <laughs> All right, folks, thanks for listening once again. This is the Movie Musical Shakedown on the Onstage Blog Network. And, of course, uh, check out the Onstage Blog Network at onstageblog.com. We have a bunch of new podcasters on their way. Uh, we, I am talking with a lot of different people right now, trying to get their podcasts up and running uh, on the site. A couple of our already existing podcasts are just moving to our site. So exciting things down the road, but definitely check that out. Also check out The Ripple Effect, which is an amazing podcast Excuse me, with me and my friend Ken, uh, where we talk about influential movies, basically the ripple effect that they had in Hollywood. Uh, we've already done Die Hard, and, and their, it's ripple effect in terms of action films. And our latest episode was talking about The Blair Witch Project, which was all about like found footage horror films. So there you go. Uh, and then check back next week because, like I said, with the movie musical shakedown, we are doing this every single week. There will be a new episode, a new movie musical, and next week, folks, we're doing Carousel. Ten or eleven folks now. No, there's a lot of people that listen to this. <laughs> no, how many times oh, you've said I thought it? You meant like how many people listen? I was like, there's more than ten. Please. Oh, there are something. fifteen. All right, folks, have a great rest of your week, and we will see you right here next. Those are the 12 folks, right? Yep. I hate my life. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a good one. And in the end, should someone die? <laughs> my arm is complete again. I bet you want to know why I shot the guy.